Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today we are going to be talking about something really, really important and Whatever your political views are, whatever your moral views are, your religious views, wherever you are, I ask that you take the 15 to 20 minutes or however long this episode ends up being to hear me out and listen to this podcast episode. Because today we are going to be talking about the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and what that means for women's finances. Okay. And ironically, since our, our podcasts come out every single Monday, this is dropping on the 4th of July, um, where, you know, the 4th of July is, is meant to celebrate freedom, celebrate independence. And uh, ironically, we are going to be talking about uh, you know, this decision and how it impacts freedom, how it impacts independence, and especially financial freedom, and especially financial independence. And so please, again, I ask you, hear me out, uh, to, like, really, really zone in here, because I know it can feel... Here's the thing, the reason I, I called this podcast episode what I called it, of of Stop Talking Politics is because I've heard this time and time again, right? Like anytime I talk about something like, whether it be as simple as like flying a pride flag at my lake house or, um, you know, sharing, I don't know, sharing about um, Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court, I will on the Deeper Than Money business account, I will get responses like, you know, stop talking politics. Like, I follow you for money stuff. I don't follow you for politics. But here's the thing. This is money stuff. These things are not only human rights, but they, they impact finances. I cannot leave the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade out of deeper than money a business based on financial literacy who who our main audience is women, I cannot leave this conversation out because of how impactful it is on women's finance and the regressive nature of this this change, right? Because here's the thing, which I'm going to break this down because truly, and I promise, this is going to be focused on the financial impact of this happening. So first, a brief overview. And um, I'm going to link the article that I'm going to be citing. Um, It's a a really uh, just direct and concise women's health article that I really liked how they broke it down. And so I'm going to be citing 
some of that. I'm going to read a couple passages from it just to give you an overview of what Roe v. Wade really is, um, what the overturning means, and then we're going to talk about why this matters for women's finances and and everything else, okay? So stick with me and let's dive in. Okay, so again, this is from Women's Health Magazine. I'm just going to read right, right from this because they they put it very like concisely. Roe v. Wade was the landmark 1973 Supreme Court case, or Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 Supreme Court case that made abortion legal across the United States for the past five decades has been overturned and abortion is no longer protected at the federal level as of June 24th, 2022. Instead, individual states will decide whether abortion is legal within their state boundaries. Now, since January, 541 restriction measures have been introduced in 42 states, and 42 of those measures have been enacted in 11 of those states. 13 states have passed so-called trigger laws that will ban abortion within 30 days now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Um, In some states, laws took effect immediately after Roe was struck down. Um, There are some judges in a few states that have temporarily blocked those trigger laws, uh, but but that's kind of an overview of Roe v. Wade and, and what's going on. And here's the thing. I firmly believe that abortion itself is a moral issue, right? It, it is to, to decide, you know, for someone to say, I am, you know, quote, pro-life and I don't think abortion is moral, that is, you, you can think that abortion isn't moral. Like, that is your right to have moral beliefs, to have religious beliefs. But that does not mean, in my opinion, that you can take your moral beliefs about something or your religious beliefs about something and force someone else to have the same moral or religious beliefs, okay? So here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. I am pro-choice. This podcast episode is not to try to convince anyone to come and, you know, on, on this side and, and be pro-choice. And, um, I'm not the political expert by any means. I'm not the, um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not the, uh, a women's health expert by any means, but here's what this podcast is focused on. And here's why I want you to hear me out, whether you are pro-choice, but especially if you're not, Okay, especially if you are not, hear me out when I say this. Wealthy women will now potentially be forced to travel to a different state or to find a clinic in order to receive a safe abortion because wealthy women will always have access to be able to get a safe abortion, to be able to get that as a resource. Women in poverty will now be forced to carry out their pregnancy despite it potentially being unwanted or unsafe. Okay? That is the difference. And that is why this matters so much for women's finances. Because this is regressive. Which basically means that it impacts women in poverty so much more then it will ever impact women who have money. 
And that is why I am so unbelievably passionate about this. Because this, you know, the, uh, banning abortion does not impact all women the same. It does not impact all women the same. It will penalize women who do not have financial resources more. Not only that, but it will keep them stuck in those cycles, in those likely generational cycles of poverty. Um, pregnancy Pregnancy in general, not to mention having a child, is incredibly financially uh, impactful, right? Um, But if you are already in a situation where you're struggling financially to take care of yourself and then taking away the, um, the opportunity to the, the right to choose to have an abortion, um, again, that is going to likely not only keep you in the same spot, but put you in a worse off financial position. And again, I am not arguing. You could come back to this and say, well, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. I'm not arguing. I'm not, even though personally, Chloe, the individual would love to, you know, have that political discussion and argue about that specifically. I am not arguing whether or not the the morality behind a woman who is stuck in poverty, who gets pregnant, who wants to have the right to choose to have an abortion. I'm not arguing whether she should or not. What I'm arguing is the exact same woman in the exact same scenario who has money will still have that right to choose. She will still have that right to choose. That is why I'm arguing. That is why I'm making this podcast episode is because this is, it, it is so unequal with finances. And again, it, and it's so frustrating because of the unfair financial uh, implications, right? Like, and again, yeah, this will make it harder for women with money, but not impossible, but not impossible. And that's really where we, we got to talk about this. That's where we have to talk about this. And that, again, from a personal perspective. So hold on. Let me, let me, I'm like, I totally have just been going off script now that I, whatever, um, have not been, <laughs> have just been like ranting about it a little bit. But okay, so let's talk about the regressive nature and generational cycles. So we talked about generational poverty. Um, There's also a lack of financial education, comprehensive financial education across the board in public schools. I mean, honestly, in a lot of private schools as well, but across the board in public schools, when we're talking about everyone, um, to, to, on how to get out of that, uh, of financial poverty as is not to mention how to save for a child, how to do all those things, right? There's the lack of financial education, lacks of adequate sex education, lack of, um, you know, resource to contraceptives or um, any any other way, it, it, just education on women's bodies, education on women's health. I, I mean, I literally, for me personally, I was 20, how old was I in 2022 or in 2020? 
and spring of 2020, I was 24, I think. So I was 24 when I found out that women can only get pregnant certain days of the month. What? I was literally 24 years old when I found that out. When I found that out, and I am, an, I am incredibly privileged, um, and, and I was 24 when I found that out, right? Like, this is not commonly taught, and, and it's just, you know, the lack of education and literacy around these topics are just, it, it's, it's, it's unfair, right? It's unfair. Um, okay, so here's, again what we're going to talk about from this perspective, right? You're listening to this podcast. You're like, oh, wow, this is really wild to think about that looking beyond your personal opinion on abortion, but looking past that and just all my goal for this podcast episode is that you are sitting in your car or sitting wherever. And despite your personal moral view on it, that you can sit there and acknowledge wow, holy shit, this impacts women in poverty more than it will ever impact wealthy women. That is my goal for this episode. That is my one, actually, okay, let's say I have two outcomes. The first outcome is that. I I want that to be acknowledged. I want that to be acknowledged because, you know, there's so much fighting about, is, is it morally right? Is it wrong? Is it this? I'm again, this podcast episode, we're taking baby steps and baby step number one is acknowledging how differently it will impact women poverty versus uh, wealthy women. That's number one. The second thing is, the second thing is, okay, I acknowledge that, but like, what can we do? What action can we take? Right. And there, and there's so there, I mean, oh my God, there's millions of things, but the first one is about finances, right? So here's the thing. Again, like I said, this looking at you personally, money matters. Money matters. Money will always be able to provide more freedom, more resources, and more choice. And so for you personally, this is a great time to think, okay, I want to make sure I have an emergency fund. I want to make sure I have money in my savings. I want to make sure I have this because when I have money, I have more resources for myself, right? You got to think of like, you know, I feel like it's such a cheesy saying, but like my glass, you got to fill up your glass, you know, you got to fill up your glass first. Then after you've filled up your glass, it starts to overflow, right? You have more, you have extra money, you have extra money. Once we're, you know, protecting ourselves and, and helping get ourselves set up, then it's time to say, how can I use my money to help others, to support others? We are not just out here getting ahead for money for us, right? We are going to use our money for good. So that's when we can look to others and say, how can I go out and support? How can I go out and help others? How can I go out and lift others up? Okay, so... And a great option is donating money um, or time, right? Or time. If you're like, shoot, I'm like in the early stages of figuring out my finances. I'm barely getting by myself. I don't necessarily have that extra to be able to donate. Donate your time, right? Donate your time. Um, let's see. Uh, the next thing 
that I would uh, definitely encourage is, is talking about these things. Talk about these, talk about politics, especially if you're someone like, I'm not kidding. I had this, I mean, honestly, this conversation probably happened like maybe, probably two years ago at this point. But I was talking to one of my best friends and we were talking about politics and all this stuff, whatever. And she was like, honestly, it's so crazy to me that you and I are talking about this because you would have never talked about this in college. And I was like, no, you're a hundred percent right. I did not care about politics. I did not care about politics. I was like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to you know, know what's going on in the world. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Because it never impacted me. It didn't impact me because of my privilege, because no matter what, I would always be able to have a resource and a way out. And so if you're someone who you're like, I just like don't really care about politics. You know, now is the time. Now is the time because I am not like if I only cared about how it impacted me, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Right. Because like I said, wealthy women will like for me personally or someone with money, I will be I would have the resources to get that. I'm mad and I'm so angry and I'm so frustrated because not for cases like me, but for the case of the woman who doesn't have the resources, who is stuck financially and has a completely different outcome solely because of money. Oh my gosh. Okay. So have these conversations. They're important. Dive into like, what does this mean for not just me, right? Not just me, but for women in poverty or women without this lack of education or women in, you know, who grew up in these generational cycles, like start looking outside of, of where you're at and how this impacts other people, right? Like start getting a, a, you know, like shifting your eyes on this so you can get that just like heart centered, um, just like, let it, let it tug on your heartstrings, right? Let it tug on your heartstrings because I really feel like, especially when it comes to politics, you got to get your heart involved, right? You got to get your heart involved. And then it comes down to also the literacy piece, right? Like becoming educated and understanding, um, what these things really mean and the impact of these things. Okay. So number one, we're going to commit to how personally can we take a step today as a act of like, you know, I, even if my, a right of mine, a fundamental human right of mine is taken away as a woman, I'm going to create freedom in my life and financial security in my life by taking one step today to get ahead with money. Okay. Okay. Because we know that not only will that impact you positively, but then you will be able to go forward and use that money for good to also positively impact someone else. The second thing we can do is look at donating our time, our money, see, you know, what, what we can do. And the third thing is voting. And this is so freaking important. Um, especially, I don't even want to say especially, I mean, it's always important, but like, now that this is going to a state level, your local elections are, 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 are impacting this. Your local elections are, are um, putting people into office to make these decisions. And so it's even more important than ever to understand how do you get registered to vote 
Um, and I'm going to link resources below. I'm going to link the women's health or women's health, um, article. I'm going to link a couple other, um, really good, just overall resources for you. Um, and I'm also going to link, uh, where you can go and understand how do I register to vote? What does that look like? Um, and what are steps I can take to get educated and understand what my vote means and how to use it for good, okay? Um, because here's the thing. When you vote, yes, it's your vote. I highly encourage you that when you're voting, have a heart for others. Have a heart. Uh, I don't want to say have a heart as if like you're heartless if you don't, but I'm saying, what's that, like, what's that phrase of just like, get grounded in the fact that so much of this is straight fucking privilege. So much of this is the family, the economic status of what you were born into, the socioeconomic status or um, all these other factors, right? That are out of your control. So you, you might have privilege, right? If you're watching us, if you have privilege, use it right? Use it for good. I'm not like shitting on you. If you're like, okay, sorry, I, should I feel bad if I was born into a wealthy family? No, I'm saying use it for good. Use it for good. Do something good with it. Right. Um, so again, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. Uh, I, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you took time to listen to all of it. And again, like I'm encouraging conversation, encourage conversation in your friend groups with your family. Talk about this, right? Talk about what's going on. Not, not just this in general, but, but other things like this impacts women's finances. And so we got to talk about it. Um, We, we got to not just talk about it. We got to act on it right? Because we don't just advocate for a certain type of person to get ahead. We advocate for everyone. So I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and we have to continue to fight for that freedom to be able to get ahead and, um, for everyone, for everyone, no matter what. And that's what we're doing. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you back next week for another episode of the deeper than money podcast.